Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode features first hand accounts from real people detailing their disturbing experiences. Listener discretion is advised. So my name is Pamela Boss. Um, I am a mental health professional in Roseville, uh, California. I drive a lot for my job and I have gotten uh, rear-ended a couple of times, nothing major, but um, it's something that has, that has happened. Um, so when I initially had my experience, I chalked it up to a like stress-induced trauma response that I had something had reminded me of a past car accident and that's why this happened. So I guess I'll just um, get into it. So I was um, coming back from my lunch break. I was right across the street from my office and I was in a left-hand turn lane. This van came up behind me going pretty slow, uh, came to a gentle stop behind me and I watched in my rearview mirror and I, I really was overwhelmed by this fear that they were going to hit me. There was no reason why they would have hit me. I mean, they were going pretty slow. They were stopped a good distance back from me. But the, it was, the fear was palpable. Suddenly I felt as if I had been hit from behind. I mean, my whole body jerked. Um, I felt like my car jerked. And I looked up in my rearview mirror again thinking, okay, they, they, you know, they did hit me. But they're still sitting there. I'm get this horrible pain like in my upper back and in my neck and in my head it felt like whiplash it felt like my head had been cracked open and there was the overwhelming smell and taste of gasoline I I, I didn't know how to respond to this um, to me, my, my body reacted as if I was in a car accident. I was trembling. Um, I felt like I was going to cry a little bit because I was scared. And yet nothing had hit my car. The light turns green, but I'm still kind of just stuck sitting there, not understanding what's happening to me. The car behind me honks. Um, I go, they go around me in a little wave. And I pull immediately into my office driveway and just sat there um, for a moment because, I mean, I was in I was in pain. I mean, I, I can't, I have not been in pain like that before. I've been in car accidents before, but I have never been in pain like that. Just like, I, all I could smell was gas. I could smell gas, vaguely remember just this kind of smell of like maybe something slightly burning. Um, so then I'm like, I'm having a stroke. Like this is an aneurysm, and I was, I was, I was really scared. Um, 
And I sat in my car for a little while before I went inside and I kept thinking about like my mom getting a call that I died, that I died in a car accident. I mean, it was so vivid, just this idea that, that I, I don't know why that's what I was thinking, but I thought about mangled, my mangled little Kia, my mangled car. I thought about my sister. I thought about the way my father would react. I thought about my mom and I start to cry, but there's, there's no reason for any of this to be, to be happening. The, the smell and the taste of gas dissipated and I kind of collected myself enough to go inside of my office and get some work done. Um, I ended up canceling my appointments with clients uh, for the rest of the day. I mean, I was, it was that jarring that I didn't want to see, I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to get in my car and go anywhere. I ended up going home at the end of the day, uh, drove real careful <laughs> the whole way home. And my um, fiance at the time um, when I got home, I'm like, Hey, like this super weird thing happened to me today and I can't explain it. And I, I don't know why I experienced this. Um, I told him there must've been a smell. There must've been a, a sound, a song on the radio that reminded me of a little fender bender that I've been in before. And for some reason I reacted this way. And, and he's like, well, that's, not like you, you know, that's not, that's, that's, um, that's, I mean, that's interesting. And he just said, what if you died in an alternate universe and you felt it? And I'm only at the time, only vaguely familiar with, um, the concept of quantum immortality. You know, you hear about Schrodinger's cat and you're just kind of like, cool, you know, and, and it doesn't, at least for me, it didn't mean much to me. It was just like, that's a, I guess that's a thing. I don't know. Didn't really know much about it. Couldn't explain it to anybody. But I just thought, yeah, that's, that's really weird. So I went to Reddit. I was pretty new on Reddit and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go to Glitch in the Matrix and post it. And I think I opened with, I didn't even know if it was appropriate for that sub or not. Um, and just like, this is a strange thing that, that has happened to me. And one of the first comments I got was, um, someone asking if anything had been different. Is there anything that I remember that's, you know, before this happened that is different now? And I'm thinking, no, there's, you know, nothing. So when I went to Reddit, I had, there was a gap. There was like a, I don't know, three weeks, maybe a month gap, I think. I can't really remember. Could have been a few months um, gap between that. And, uh, but it was bothering me. I mean, this stuck with me. This was so bizarre that I, after a month, I couldn't take it. And I'm like, I just got to talk to, I got to do this. I got to post this somewhere, talk to somebody. Maybe they know what happened. Maybe this has happened to somebody else. And at first I thought, no, nothing's different. And then I remembered that there was, there was one thing specifically that I could remember that was different is, um, I live down an alley. So there's like the main road. And then to get to my house in this little row of houses, it's an alleyway. You only come down here if, uh, and it's a dead end too, so you only come down here if you live here. And all along the back fence is um, succulents and cacti and agave and aloe, and it's lovely. I've, I've always really enjoyed it. I remember when I was packing up my car with my fiance at the time, 
for Christmas that the big aloe plant that I always looked at from my kitchen window was gone. Um, and I'm like, that's like, and I, at first I'm like, who, what jerk came down here and dug up this aloe? Like that is so rude. And I was kind of laughing about it because that's what I wanted to do when I moved <laughs> to steal the aloe plant. And um, he just looks at me and he's like, what are you talking about? So that giant aloe plant that was that was sitting out here. I mean, it's been here for years. What do you what do you mean? What am I talking about? It's been here for years. It's right outside the kitchen window. I talk about it all the time. I, I'm pretty sure I've clipped a leaf off of this. You know, like I, we're out there all the time. And he had no recollection of this aloe plant. When I had posted that to Reddit, um, I thought no. There had to be somebody who like dug this up or it died or something. I don't know. And I went out there and looked. It doesn't look like anything has ever been there. It's, um, it's weird. It's weird because I didn't, I didn't think about that. I would never, I probably just would have been like, oh, what? you know, some jerk dug up this aloe, whatever. And then never thought about it again. Even if my fiance didn't remember, I would just would have been like, well, you don't really pay attention anyway. So you probably, you may not remember this aloe. I end up asking a neighbor too, like, hey, like that big aloe that was out here. It was so cool. And they're like, no, but there's a big agave, like down, you know, down a few feet. And I'm like, no, I'm a, I know that one. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the big aloe that was right here. No. That's what got me. You know, I mean, I, I figured it would get some, you know, maybe some upvotes, maybe some comments or something. People, oh, that happened to me too. And, you know, I could feel less alone. And I think that was, that was my whole motivation for everything. It was when someone just asked me simply if there was anything that was different. And I think that launched me into this whole... It changed things. It really changed things. It changed the way I, I, I look at everything at that event. Um, I've thought a lot about it since then. If there's anything else that's different, and there is one thing that is also different that um, I didn't post on there, was that I'm missing a favorite sweater. This is black sweater super plain loved it so much figured it got lost in the laundry somewhere and I thought just to ask my fiance about it hey you know um do, do you know, what do we do with that sweater do you remember that sweater and it was black and it had the thing and like you know and he's like no I don't know what you're talking about and I'm like dude my favorite sweater like I wore it all the time like it was kind of gross because I just wore I wore it incessantly and he um had no idea what sweater I was talking about a problem is too is that I wear a lot of black and uh, it's it'd be difficult but I've, I've been looking I have been looking to see if I can find anything and at least in my camera roll at least since last summer like you know so through the winter there's nothing of me in this sweater there's me in other black sweaters um, there's me in black jackets there's me in black tank tops there's I can't find anything with this with the sweater you know, you, you hear it and feel it at the same time. Your whole car jerks forward. Your body jerks forward. I physically moved. Um, I don't know about the car. I could have moved the car with how hard I jerked. Um, 
it's entirely possible I did that. Um, but I did. I, I lurched forward um, pretty far, almost hit my steering wheel, and then uh, looked up in the rearview mirror immediately, thinking that, you know, this person hit me. I wasn't tipped off by the sound that there was no sound of, of anything hitting my car. Um, it was just that feeling. I can't remember if there was someone next to me or not because it was, um, you know, two lanes were turning left. I can't remember if there was anyone next to me or not. Um, the person behind me, no, they were um, on their phone, actually. Um, so when I looked up in my rearview mirror, he's just sitting there, like, texting on his phone. Um, yeah, nothing happened. You know, good few feet behind me. Um, it was They weren't close to me. They, they were a good distance. And that was something that kind of I thought about too, like if this was, you know, Schrodinger's cat kind of thing, where at, at one point, you know, I was both alive and dead. And then those two realities collapsed, right? And that's what I'm feeling, but I'm alive. But I wonder like in this other universe, in this parallel, whatever, were they on their phone and didn't stop in time? And so they just plowed right into me um, because he was sitting there on his phone. I was so confused. <laughs> I was convinced that I had been hit. So I'm looking in my rearview mirror like, is this a big enough space for like a car to have slipped in? I looked everywhere like, you know, did a car cut across and nick Like what? What had happened, but then the person behind me is not reacting at all. If something had like that had happened, I'd imagine they'd be reacting. And I was just so confused. And then very internal too in that moment because I'm in a great deal of pain. Just the back of my head, my neck, like just like my I mean, it felt like if I'd have never had my head split open before, but I can imagine that that's what it would what it would feel like. It was very, like, I felt like I couldn't move. Um, it was awful. I cannot, I can't describe it. I have nothing to compare it to. I haven't experienced pain like that before. I had started to see a chiropractor somewhat recently. Um, and I had asked, I told him what had happened. Um, and he asked if, let me back up a little bit. So I had, I saw my general doctor first. I told him what had happened. Um, he stated that um, he thought it was strange, uh, that there's no reason. I had had a, a brain scan, I think like a year before, because I was just having some headaches. And he's like, there's nothing that indicates that um, anything, you know, is wrong with you. Like why something like this would occur. I have no risk factors for a stroke or aneurysm or anything like that. The only thing he was able to find was just tendonitis in my shoulder. So I went to a chiropractor. I told him what had happened. He thought that was bizarre. He loved it. He was like, tell me more about it. And uh, uh, he checked me out and there was nothing wrong with me besides general, you know, stiffness from sitting at a desk and driving all the time. Um, there was nothing wrong with me at all. Yeah, so this happened in... Oh goodness, I think it was in November, December. It was a few weeks before Christmas. Um, so 
I have not had any other um, strange things. Uh, there's things that have happened that I like to imagine is connected to this, but I, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's I haven't had anything like that happen to me before or since. I've always been interested in the unexplained, in the strange and the unusual. It's been a fascination for as long as I can remember. Things that are paranormal, things that are um, you know, like cryptozoology, like just all kinds of things. So I'm already very open to alternative explanations. Um, I have been interested in quantum mechanics and just kind of understanding a little bit about these thought experiments and um, like quantum suicide and Schrodinger's cat. And I've been, I've been interested, but I, I didn't kind of, I didn't go down the rabbit hole until this happened and people started um, commenting on this, this thread and I'm like, quantum immortality, like what is this? And then I'm, I'm just, I'm reading everything I can about it and I'm, I'm pretty convinced, you know, there's still that, there's still that like mental health worker in me. That's like, girl, you were really stressed out that day or something, you know, and, and trying to attribute that um, to this. But then I also know there was nothing occurring that could have triggered something like this. There has to be an alternative explanation. Um, there just, there has to be. And learning about quantum immortality, it's fascinating. And I, I'm, I can't stop looking it up now. <laughs> Reality is stranger than fiction. And uh, I, I believe it's real. I believe quantum immortality is real. I believe this. And I now believe that this is an explanation for what has happened to me. I would say that at some point there were two realities where I died in one and my consciousness jumped to another. That that my consciousness remained in the in the reality where I lived. Even if it's not, you know, and that's the thing too is there's, there must be a, an, another reality where maybe I was in that car accident and I, and I lived and it's like, well, you know, wouldn't I, wouldn't my consciousness instead jump to, to that one who had that experience? But I guess we don't know. We don't know necessarily why, like they would, this could come to mind, but I would, I would say yes. I would say yes, because I, 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 there's no other explanation really for me. Um, I know some people brought up like hallucinations and all that. And I'm like, listen, like it's what I do for a living. Um, I can, I can, you can discern what's a hallucination. <laughs> what is it? Um, so it was, I believe it. I believe that this is quantum immortality and that I, my consciousness jumped here. Is this gonna? Is it? Will this happen again? Will it happen where things are more noticeable? The differences are more noticeable. It's funny because there's there's been changes in me since this. Things that um I can't explain. I feel like 
I've become a more um, positive and spiritual person. I don't think it's because this happened. I actually think that this was part of this timeline, that this was already happening. Um, I have had friends say something like, you know, reflecting on some beautiful piece of advice that I gave them. And I'm like, I said, <laughs> you know, and, and I, and I don't have a, any recollection of that. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm good. Like, that's fantastic, you know? And uh, I ended up ending my relationship where I think I looked back on um, the relationship and, and noticed some things that were terrible and didn't understand why I stood for them, thinking I would never, I would never do that. I would never allow that to happen and then ended it. But it's like, well, yeah, maybe because this consciousness, this Pam, wouldn't allow that to happen. It's been beneficial <laughs> for me. Um, if I did jump, then awesome. I like it here. It's cool. And it's been beneficial to to me here. Um, and if, I, if there's an alternative explanation and someone can explain this in a different way I'm open to that too um, there's so many possibilities and I'm open <laughs> to all of them Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. 
You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. All right, so my name is Melissa and... Right now, I'm more of a stay-at-home parent, freelancer, work at home for a bigger company, I guess, Um, just doing, taking orders over the phone. So back in, I was in the Army from 96 to about 2001, and I was stationed in Germany. So when I came home from Germany. I got stationed in this little place in Fort Huachuca, Arizona that's in the middle of nowhere. And of course, I had no car, so I had to take a Greyhound to come see my mom in Colorado, which is where I currently live now that I'm out of the military, because we always tend to go back where we where we're born. So she had a car for me. It was a little Hyundai Elantra station wagon hatchback type of car. So I took a Greyhound because it was hard getting to work and from work. I got the car from her and she used to always bug me whenever I, because ever since I was even younger and whenever I would go anywhere, to me it makes sense to sleep in rest stops and or at gas stations and lighted areas and she would always get so mad at me because she's very much on the paranoid side and would tell me no don't do that something's gonna happen when I'm driving back to Arizona with the car I picked up some things from her and I'm on a long deserted stretch of highway on the I-25 and there were no, of course, no lights on the side of the road, very little traffic, and it's late at night. At that time, I was much younger, so I preferred driving at night and out of traffic. This car comes up behind me. I had been driving for maybe three hours or so already. This truck comes up behind me, and it's flashing his lights and honking his horn, and I started to get kind of paranoid I don't know when you're driving by yourself late at night you start to think huh what if there's somebody hiding in my car I don't know my mom's paranoia rubbed off on me so when he was flashing his lights and honking his horn I thought that there was something wrong with my car or maybe I didn't shut the hatchback right all the way just something was wrong Why else would somebody be honking their horn and flashing their lights at you? I I pull over and 
he pulls up really close behind me and I get out of my car to kind of start going towards the back and I'm probably about the middle of the car and he was still honking his horn and flashing his lights at me. That was kind of when it clicked in my head that, wait a minute, why is he still honking and flashing at me? I'm already out of my car. So I got back in my car and started driving because it just didn't make sense. My gut told me, wait a minute, he is still doing this and would have no reason to while I'm already out of my car. I had to drive another 45 minutes or so before I came up onto an exit. Off of the highway, I saw some lights flashing. So I was like, oh, perfect. And I pulled into this little shopping complex. It was like right in front of a laundromat and there was a Safeway. So I pulled there and of course, this was back in 2000, early 2001. So cell phones were not a popular thing. It was still pay phones back then. This guy in his truck stayed at the back of the parking lot in the grocery store while I was in front of the laundromat and I was parked kind of close to the ambulance that was there to help someone at the laundromat, I guess. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if there's an ambulance here, there's hopefully a police officer to follow. And I waited there for like an hour and no police officers came, ambulance left. I didn't feel comfortable, I guess, going up to somebody and saying, hey, this guy has been following me. I felt kind of stupid about it. So I just sat there waiting right in front of the laundromat where it was very lit. And he just stayed in his truck watching me. And it was a good hour or more before he finally left. And so once he left, I felt comfortable to just go ahead and continue my trip home. And he stayed pretty close behind me that whole time. And he flashed his lights still a couple of times and did a couple of honks, but not nearly as aggressive as he had when I had pulled over the first time. Stayed in the parking lot just watching to see what I would do. So I was afraid to get out of the car. I didn't want to, and I felt kind of stupid. I didn't want to approach anybody and say, hey, this guy's following me. So after he finally got tired of sitting there and he, he finally left, I finished my, finished my long drive home and I got home. And before I got to Arizona, I got to a gas station, probably a good hour or more away and at that time I felt comfortable because it was a bigger city. I felt comfortable stopping at the gas station and checking around my car and making sure that there was nothing wrong with my car and double checking the hatch in the back to make sure it was closed all the way. There definitely wasn't anything wrong with my car. I told my 
he was my boyfriend at the time, told him what happened, and he was a little upset because, one, I went by myself, and he hadn't wanted me to go by myself, um, but he couldn't come with me. He was a little upset, and he was upset that I didn't call the police and let them know, which is understandable. I probably should have done that, and I'm not sure why I didn't, besides the fact that I I didn't get his license plate. All I knew was a, you know, a vague description of his truck. I didn't know what kind of truck it was, and I didn't want to get closer to his truck in the parking lot to get that information, so I felt like I didn't have enough information or to say that he even did anything wrong, except for, hey, this guy was following me and being weird. That probably wouldn't have done much. So quite a few years later, my then boyfriend, we were married. We were fans of those types of shows like Unsolved Mysteries, Forensic Files, those kinds of things. But I'm pretty sure it had to have been Unsolved Mysteries because it was something where it showed a picture of a a woman and they described that this woman who had been found murdered on the side of the road the way they think that she would have stopped on the side of the highway was because they had a description of this truck that came up behind her and was honking the horn and flashing his lights and she pulled over And they got that information, I guess, from a witness that had seen it happen, but just saw just that little bit and kept driving, of course, because they didn't know anything was wrong. They didn't, of course, have a description of the guy. They just had a description of the truck. So they knew that that's what had happened, uh, but they never did never figured out who had killed her. It was a very scary moment that the exact same thing happened to me and I can see how someone would pull over and think something was wrong. I told my husband, I said, oh my gosh, that's exactly what happened. Do you remember, you know, back when we were first dating and I told you about this and he said, oh yeah. I said, that's the same description of the truck that was behind me. I didn't tell my mom, of course, because she would have freaked out and had a fit. And she likes to, she's the type she likes to say, I told you so. I was probably about 24, 25. So I was still mid-20s and fairly naive and when I got out and I started walking towards the back of the car he was still I was about mid car and he was still honking on his horn and flashing his lights then he got out of his truck and started walking towards me I don't know what it was that just my gut was like this just isn't right he was still honking his horn and flashing his lights while I was already out of the car. So 
that just didn't make sense. Usually if you're trying to signal somebody, you're not going to keep signaling them when they when you have their attention. And it took me a minute to actually register that, I guess. I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that was, or if he was just insistent, or if it took me a minute to get out of my car, and so he was still trying to get my attention. It, it may have been a combination of both. I know I stayed in my car for a, a good minute or so before I got out. And I think it was more that I was expecting him to get out of his truck and come to my car so that I could, you know, just keep the door locked and keep the window rolled down and see if he needed help or if there was something wrong with my car. He never did do that. So that's when I finally got out of the car and he was still signaling and it was just, that's when it clicked, wait, this is wrong. And especially when he got out of his truck, that's when I got back in my car and drove off. I've since been curious and I've tried to find that episode, but technology is a great thing, but there's also so much information out there that I haven't been able to find out anything further. If they ever did catch the person or if they ever found out what happened or if it was more than one person that it happened to. Um, all I remember from the episode is the picture of the lady standing next to her car from probably the 80s and so she had the curly brown hair and glasses and that's about all I can remember from the episode and what happened to her because it really struck a chord with me since the same thing had happened. It was so long ago that I, I try not to dwell on it, but it definitely, it definitely did help shape who I am today in a way that I do pay much more attention to my surroundings and I pay attention to the cars around me on the highway when I'm driving when I'm it, no matter where I'm driving I pay a lot more attention than I used to I don't think his intentions were good young women traveling alone is usually a target for men that well, not even just traveling alone, young women in general can be, especially in deserted areas, can be targets for men that just have issues. Luckily, his odd behavior, I think, is what kicked in that that gut instinct to be like, wait a minute, no, there's something not right here. Special thanks to Pam and Melissa for sharing their stories. You can find links to their Reddit profiles in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, help us grow by sharing the show with a friend. 
and make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you always get the newest episodes automatically. Now, if you love what we're doing with the show, consider supporting us through our Patreon fan club. When I'm putting the show together, at times it can be a lot between scheduling interviews, recording, writing, editing, producing, and trying to spread the word. Your support makes it possible for me to continue bringing you new episodes of the show. And in return, you'll never hear an ad, you'll have early access to every new episode, and get your very own special podcast shout-out. But guys, the best part is, every month, you'll get a bonus episode of Disturbed that's only available to our supporters as a thank you. The way to support us is by heading over to disturbedpodcast.com slash fan club. Find us on social at disturbedpodcast, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode.